This episode contains strong language and strong sex references, but sparingly with both. Hello, welcome back to the Film Geek Collective. Today we're going to be doing Lady Bird. This part, the first part's going to have no spoilers whatsoever. This episode will be explicit, uh, some language for this one. But first I'm going to do a spoiler-free uh, review. And then after the shoutouts, I will do the spoiler analysis. So shoutouts will be done in the middle of the episode. So now without further ado, let's begin on my spoiler-free review. Alright, so... I think that, yeah, it's Lady Bird's... Lady Bird is basically the directorial debut of Greta Gerwig, who I'm now convinced can absolutely do no wrong, okay? And, uh, yeah, so it features, uh, it features Laurie Metcalf, Beanie Feldstein, who was in fact Jonah Hill's sister, Timothy Chalamet, and I know at least someone out there loves Timothy Chalamet. He was really good in Call Me By Your Name as well, but let's see, is it Sheoshe Ronan? I am honestly not sure. I am so sorry if I fucked that name up. But she is a great actress in everything I've seen her in. The Grand, Bu- the Bra- the Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, Lady Bird. Um, the Budapest thing I did, for, uh, I did for someone I know who was born in Hungary. I hope I pronounced that right. But yeah, um, so basically I think that there's a quote toward the start of the film that this is... This is not a spoiler, okay? But there's a quote toward the start of the film that really sums it up. And Laurie Metcalf is... her Christine's mother in the film is saying, let's just sit with what we've heard. We don't have to be constantly entertaining ourselves, do we? And yeah, that'll echo throughout the film because all the quiet moments in this film, yes, it is very low-key and pretty quiet already, but the quieter moments are great in this movie. And it offers exactly that feeling. And I'll go into it in the analysis just after the shout-outs. So, yeah, I'm going to continue my non-spoiler, in the, my non-spoiler review for you. So, yeah. So, sure, so Ronan and Metcalf played his parts perfectly. From the outset, Christine, sorry, Lady Bird, isn't entirely likeable. But therein lies a challenge I accept. To see wherever this character goes next, heavily flawed characters are some of the best in cinema. Just just look at George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life, or, you know, anyone else like that. But anyway, I digress. I digress, okay? But within the first five minutes, Christine jumps out of the moving car, and <laughs> this visual gag made me laugh quite a bit. This is in the first five minutes, so not a spoiler. And she's written, fuck you, mum, on her leg brace. Which, if the exchange between her and her mother in the car set the tone for the film, then this audacious visual gag makes it stand out from the pack. Not only that, but the film's heart. You know, it really looks for the heart of things. Now, because because I saw Little Women in cinemas and thoroughly adored it, I thought I'd go back to Lady Bird. A film preoccupied with identity. It's not concerned with being an existential meditation, a la classic sci-fi like 2001 or Blade Runner, but it's an accessible way to explore existential themes for a wider audience. Also, the fact that Christine insists on being called Lady Bird is something you'd only get in an indie film. The major studios would have cut this film to shit. You know, things that take risks, things that are off-kilter, until it no longer resembled the intended final product. And this is a script that Greta Gerwig spent years perfecting. Years and years, okay? And yeah, this is like a bit of a passion project for her, and she made this her directorial debut. So, 
let's take a second to be glad that companies like A24 are out there giving opportunities for unique voices. Art's better without compromise. I, I mean, art's better without major compromising vision. I mean, you might have the slight little things, like that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark where, uh, where it's going to be a sword duel, but there's a gun instead. You know, that sort of thing. That was necessitated because Harrison Ford was sick on set. So, yeah, stuff like that, that's okay. But, you know, as long as you're adaptable, creative freedom, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I overall really, really loved Lady Bird. It gets a 4.5 out of 5 stars for me. I I have my nitpicks with it, but overall, it's quietly powerful. And I implore you to see it. Now, I'm going to go and do the... I'm going to go do these shout-outs. I was, origi- I was originally going to watch 8th Grade as well, but I kind of ran out of time. I might do that one, two episodes down the track, maybe a few more. Who knows? I mean, if you want me to do 8th Grade or Good Time or something like that. So, without rambling on too much, I'm going to do the shout-outs. Shout-outs to Teacup Arenos, Classic Blonde, Naked Airplane, KO, Savage Elbow, Carlofel Grande, Elsa One, Sam from IJ, Still Mellow, Lee, sorry, Lee JM75, Contrera, Tessie Cat, Pat Cat, Mary Amber, Real Sharks Podcast, aka Riri Shaku, Autistic in Melb, uh, Ashley Slashy, Heavenly Imagined Rose Begali, Larry 1937, 26, 21, Dev Dynamar, Belly Unicorn, Talk Me Into, Schlock V, Films with Amy, Nathan Seabolt, Film Mamomatic, Liz Slade, Saved by His Grace 72, and finally, the YouTube personality, Zach Ascot. And I am actively working on getting to YouTube, so don't worry, guys. I'm actively working on ideas right now, and I'm trying to get it near perfect with uh, the YouTube thing. So that's just an update there, and I'm sorry it's taken me so long. I originally intended to go to YouTube, but then, you know, I started the podcast first, so there's that. Now, now that I've shouted out everybody in this episode, okay, I'm going to go into deep spoiler territory. I'm going to go into a deep dive. So from here on out, spoiler alert. You have been warned if you do not want the film spoiled, if you haven't seen the film, then come back when you've seen the film. If you have seen the film, stick around. Or if you don't care about spoilers for some reason, then you can stick around for that too. So yeah, let's just sit with what we've heard. And I love, I I just love the feeling of this film. You know, I I love that there's subtext like, you know, Christine's saying, Mom, why can't I cook the eggs? And because her mother says, because you take too long, you make a big mess and I have to clean everything up. And I love that little bit of subtext. That just makes it, you know, that just makes that scene. And also the song choice of Alanis Morissette's hand on my pocket is perfect to describe Lady Bird that's playing in the car. She's asking her father about college because one of the main dreams, obviously, is she's trying for college throughout the film but you know also another point that I'd like to uh, another point that I'd like to bring up and that ends up being important to the film is when you think about it it's mostly men who get to be well-rounded and have a somewhat sexual side you know men being in control of their sexuality and you know a se- like sexuality being an almost incidental part and yet a critical part you know what I mean right just three-dimensional. It's refreshing that this film has a protagonist, a female protagonist, for whom her sexuality is just another facet of hers, like it is for men. She has a conversation with her best friend about masturbating with showerheads. She falls in love with her crush and says he can touch her breasts, but then his reaction is surprising in a good way. He doesn't touch them out of respect. And I found that a curious point, and 
something I hadn't seen in any film before this. I mean, it's still a great moment. Of course, that is foreshadowing that that character, uh, he turns out to be gay later. There is, way later in the film, there is a sex scene later in this film that expertly lets down the viewer's guard, in a directorial sense. Christine's having sex with Kyle, her second boyfriend, and he, uh, well, he's... It's underwhelming, basically. He comes early, but both parties are still happy. Christine's literally and figuratively on top, but then Kyle turns out to have lied about being a virgin. You know, anything can change gears in an organic way, and with the smallest accuse. And Christine's very, very upset, naturally, because she was really a virgin. And, yeah, I think that I I love... I, I'm going to get back to this scene later because there's a scene right after it that I reckon is perfect. So, in other points, also the fact that our main characters are of natural weight, but it's treated like no big deal as it should be, which is fantastic. I I love seeing people represented with natural weight. We don't all have abs. Hell, I don't have abs. I'm going to be open about that right now. I'm just a normal guy, okay? So, yeah, in other developments... You know, every every man wishes he could have abs. Every every person wishes they could have the perfect body. But for for many people, it'll never happen. Or you have to try hard, and some people don't put in the effort. You know, we have to live with the bodies we have, and that's that's what they depict here. You know, it's not a big deal. You know, and I love that. I love that. You know. So yeah, in other developments in the film. The fact that Laurie Metcalf is staring down at her sleeping daughter, she's like concerned, it speaks volumes. I love the non-verbal moments like this. We don't even need a close-up, just the, you know, the medium to long shot of Christine across the bottom of the frame and her mother standing over her, partially concerned, maybe partially relieved that she finally catches a break from all of Christine's complaining, you know, because, yeah, Christine is definitely flawed. There's one great line, though, that describes the relationship between Christine and her siblings, when one of her siblings, I think it's Miguel, he says, I think Lady Bird wants to make an entrance. She's mad we don't have a spiral staircase. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess they think she's too perfect. I guess I'm over I have a habit of over-explaining sometimes, but that's part of my job. I analyze the shit out of things. <laughs> yeah, but this film features great naturalistic touches, including, like, overlapping dialogue, a slice-of-life plot that really... It uh, tampers with the three-act structure. It doesn't really follow it closely, you know? The traditional conflict... I'll get to the traditional conflict a bit later, and I will. So, one of Christine's... One of Christine's main weaknesses to me is her arrogance. And it goes two ways. Her uncompromising nature propels her into her future identity, but it's only part of her problems. She knows what she wants. She doesn't know what she should be doing, exclusively appreciating the small things to the detriment of the bigger picture. And, yeah, sometimes it goes the other way, too. And that's part of life's complications, and I love that. I love films that explore these little gaps, these little things that films rarely explore. I also appreciate Christine's choice to uh, a small moment. She's asking her mother... This is before she ends up having sex for the first time with Kyle. Um, It's when she should have sex. Now, after Christine's ignoring most of her advice, that's a nice bit of subtext to show, you know, she does care about her mother. She does not entirely disregard her. And it becomes more blatant later that her mother really does care and that she wants her mother to care. And the smaller moments, whether they have words or not, are, are perfect in this film. Perfect, literally. 
I know I said perfection didn't exist, but it does in those moments. Honest, I honestly, yeah. Greta Gerwig is fast becoming one of my favorite modern directors. I will go see any film she directs. And yes, the film can have small moments, even if it's a slice of life feature with low key stakes and interpersonal dynamics. Now, it's not lost to me that Christine needs control, but really that's the main problem of the film. Now, usually the conflict comes from the outside force, even in like the smaller scale stuff, the stories, smaller scale. But with Christine, she herself is the closest we get to a traditional cause of conflict. She is the one who causes problems for the other characters. If there's one big complication in a sea of smaller problems, it's her. She's both the complication and the protagonist, you know? The main complication. Sure, there's the smaller stuff, which the film thrives on, but it's her that she has to overcome and the other characters have to deal with. And it's fantastic. It's, it's relatable. It's a break from the norm, a break from the three-act structure or even the two-act structure, you know? I guess you could say it loosely follows two acts as well because, you know, uh, um, Christine being a bit of a dick to everybody but still being relatable and then Christine being forced down to earth and forcing, being forced to confront her negative sides of herself to not be such a dick anymore, basically. But throughout the film, there's the tightrope of her being relatable, you know? It's absolutely fantastic. You absolutely adore this character and you hate some of the decisions she makes and you like her at the same time and you want her to you want her to experience things that are great. But yeah, there's a moments that I think she's definitely misguided with the good intentions here, but yeah, just she says the following. Just because something looks ugly doesn't mean that it's morally wrong. If you took up-close pictures of my vagina while I was on my period, doesn't mean it's morally wrong. And then the speaker says in front of the gym, you're saying dead children aren't morally wrong? I'm saying if she had the speakers... I'm sorry, um, sorry, Christine says, I'm, I'm saying had she had the abortion, we wouldn't have to sit through this stupid assembly. I mean, I reckon Christine went too far there. I know she was trying to assert herself, that, yeah, she's willing to be suspended to stand up for what she believes in, but again, she's misguided with good intentions. You know, she did go too far there. But the misguided with good intentions thing, I reckon it makes a balanced line between likeable and unlikable perfectly on this taut, tense, thin, tonal tightrope. So, remember how I said earlier that Kyle was not a virgin? Well, there's another small moment I love in this film where Christine gets into her mother's car after this has happened and her mother's there and she suddenly breaks down into tears. Now, without a word, we know Christine still needs guidance. And did I mention the small moments in this film are absolute fucking perfection? I, I did, didn't I? But I'm going to say it again. They're absolute perfection. But perfection never truly exists. One of my favorite scenes is... Yeah, I mentioned this one before when Christine asks her mother if she likes her, and her mother says, I want you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. So, I think that means yes. Still, I love the deconstruction of perfectionism the film offers, but it ultimately, it has ultimately the idealistic interior within a somewhat cynical shell. It's, it's bittersweet, it's reality, and imperfection is perfection. You know, this film, I will... You know, Greta Gerwig is apparently making a Barbie film next. Now, I I try to stay away from Barbie films normally, but the fact that it's Greta Gerwig behind the camera, 
I'm going to go to a Barbie film. <laughs> I feel stupid for saying that, but honestly, I would go to a Barbie film to see Greta Gerwig at work, just directing something that I would be cautiously optimistic about because, you know, she definitely, definitely has talent. And that feeling is replicated in very few movies. The sweet, the bittersweet feeling that she brings to the two movies she's directed so far, you know, she she just has a warmth, a heart, no matter what story she's directing, and yet she makes the characters just so complicated. And I know that my uh, sort of essay sounded a little bit scripted, but this is totally unscripted here. This is from the heart, you know? I love how both her films have overlapping dialogue. I guess that, you know, Noah, Noah Baumbach... Uh, likes to work with the realistic style of dialogue. Noah Bornbach is her husband. I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's like uh, most people pronounce uh, Martin Scorsese as Martin Scorsese by accident, but the real way to pronounce it is actually Scorsese. And, well, I do get that pronunciation right now that I know. And now that you know, you you can pronounce it that way too. So, yeah. Basically, I think that we need... You know how I say we need your voice at the end of podcasts? Well, I mean it. We, this is an example of what happens when when this is fulfilled. We we need Greta's voice. We need her voice because she can change things for the better. And she has changed things for the better, right? She has done Ladybird, a relatable coming-of-age story, and she's done a fantastic period piece in the form of Little Women. And yes, that was an adaptation, but she brought her own spin to it, you know? She she can do anything as far as I'm concerned, and that applies to you. If you have ideas in there, make all the short films, make all the crap you want. You know, even if it's crap, even if it's great, just make it. Make it, okay? That's something I'm, i am got to follow myself, honestly. As I'm thinking about my YouTube channel, I'm thinking about short film ideas, you know, starting small, growing bigger as I did with this podcast. I wasn't even sure I was going to keep this podcast up, okay? But the fact that I'm now planning a YouTube channel on top of the podcast means I'm going to be hella busy. The fact that I'm going to be interviewed on another podcast, the fact that I've sent in I've sent in material to another podcast about a film, and I'm not sure I should say which podcast just yet till it comes out, but I will notify you when that does come out, when I am notified. And the fact that I'm going to be interviewed on YouTube, you know, I'm slowly growing bigger and it's organic. And it's like, it's like little stepping stones. If you want to be as successful as Greta is now, you've got to work hard. And I'm sure she has definitely worked hard. I'm sure that someone finally saw her voice break through in some sort of project. And then she's in the big league now and you can be too. You know, there's the indie scene that she's breaking through in. And Little Women was made through a major studio because of the success of her indie picture, right? And the indie scene's better to me because, you know, it offers the creative freedom that most of the time major studios wouldn't give you. I know major studios are plucking people out of obscurity now, but yeah, I think that you can definitely make it up there. And (laughs) to be fair, though, the Film Geek Collective is also a motivational podcast, so... If you're hearing these rambling tangents of inspiration and madness and general fuckery, um, (laughs) just know that I want the best for you. I want the best, really. And, yeah, I have said all there is to say about Ladybird, basically. Let me just check in my notes if I have any more. 
well, oh, wrong document. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> I I love the fact that uh, well, normally just one last note on Ladybird, just two last notes maybe. One is that uh, once she turns eighteen in the film, I uh, I love the fact that uh, she gets a Playgirl magazine. Normally, normally it's like some guy looking at a a woman in a magazine, but then it's in this film it's her looking at a guy in a magazine. I reckon that levels the playing field. Is that just me? You know, but yeah, <laughs> I think that yeah. There is just an honesty to this film that you don't see too often, even in indie films, you know? I've seen, you know, A24 seems to be doing really good. I've got to catch up on a lot of their films. I've seen so far uh, Hereditary, which was actually pretty good. While We're Young, which was decent. And uh, then I've seen this, which, wow. Just wow. 4.5 out of 5 stars for me. And, you know, like... I don't know, maybe it could be a five, but I feel hesitant giving out a five to anything. It's nothing personal, right? But yeah, I know I might have rambled on a bit too long, but yeah, I hope you're motivated now. So, after all that, we need your voice. Because you can change things for the better.